Hi, loved ones. We are back, and the reception should be a little bit better now. But thank you to our private family and our inner circle who helped here today. You know who you are. We appreciate you. We're going to take a question that we had in the chat. One of the questions was regarding question number 10, our last one. And this is when the person actually attached. And the question was that most of us had our social security numbers applied for us by our parents. Mine did when I was little, and these days they're issued to infants before the child leaves the hospital when it's born. How does that fit into question number 10? So the quick answer here is, yeah, you're in possession of the thing, but if you never actually act on it, if you never actually engage it, if you actually never sign paperwork with it, nothing would have happened. So really, okay, now given the context here, baby Sarah has the social insurance number or the social citizen number attached to her at birth. Okay, so then what paperwork does Sarah sign when she goes to make her first tax return? Admitting to being the liable party for the debt for this person. Uh, that's essentially when the attachment bona fidely or 100% takes effect. Again, she could have carried that thing around with her her whole life, but if she never had a job on the legal side or on the public side, and if she never applied to pay taxes, is she a sinner? I'm going to say no. She had it, uh, but she didn't act on it. So that's a bit of a gray area. Again, when I was a young guy, uh, the social uh, social services, um, social citizen number happened when I made application for it when I was about 16 years old. And I know that was pretty common back then. But again, given the circumstances today, it's brought upon us right in the beginning. And I'm thinking that's just to streamline things. That's just to save paperwork. It's to save a whole other step later. They're just dealing with things in a, in a, in a more efficient way because they know 99.999999% of people out there are not going to figure this out. So it's a pretty safe bet that they can attach the sin at birth. Why? Well, because we're born into sin. Well, then here's the number then. Boing. There. It actually kind of follows suit. Speaking of following suit, to the live members that showed up here tonight, guess what? We have a bonus episode. We didn't know we were going to do this until about five hours ago. But we have a layering that we are going to do to the first episode. And this is what we love doing is taking it to layer it so that we can capture all the levels. And for those of you that are new to this, you're going to learn a ton, but you're going to be able to catch up so quickly so that by the time we get to the remedy portion of this, when we go through it, it you can read it. It's not a spell anymore. And so with that... We have a quiz for you, a live one. It's 10 questions. So get a piece of paper and grab a pen. You're going to want to write down what the question is because this is a Zoom quiz. So after the quiz is done, it's going to disappear. We're going to ask you to answer it on the quiz and then to put it in the chat. This is going to be for the record. And then we be, we're able to see where the majority of you are answering. And then again, this enables us to be able to layer more healings. And the significance with the testing or the quizzing loved ones, we're finding that this is an incredible way to teach or to get the message out there with the most interaction with loved ones like yourself. 
This isn't just us re uh, reading stuff that we've found. No, we're trying to engage everybody. And by this engagement, you're learning at an exponential rate. It's pretty soon it's going to be in your dreams if it's not there already. So moving forward, here's the first one. Okay. So get ready. Now, when you do answer your question, if it's A, B, and C, kind of jot down the notes as far as what it is. This will aid you so that you can tweak any of your answers. Because again, what we're learning in the law, every word counts. So some of these questions are tricky. Now, don't go in worrying about the tricks. Set your intentions. That's why we did the meditation in the beginning. So you align with spirit and with equity so that you can find your answers accurately, clearly, and equitably. Don't be afraid to use your intuition here. If sometimes, yeah, this one's really speaking to me, but I'm not sure, go with your gut instincts a lot. If you're not sure, you're going to be surprised at some of the results here when you just trust. Okay, family. Hang tight, and we're going to get the quiz going. Okay, family, here we go. I just wanted to say real quick, loved ones, a lot of these answers are stacked where you're going to have one answer. Well, that kind of is the answer. Yeah, but this one is just slightly better. And it's finding that one that's slightly better may mean the difference between sink or swim in some regards. So again, we're just trying to sharpen toolboxes here or the tools in the toolboxes. Well, I guess a sharp toolbox is good as for something. Point being here, we're going to be trying to get our brains accustomed or conditioned or trained to start thinking about things a little bit differently. We're looking for broader mind paths, better depth perception, more attention to detail. Again, can you imagine when you get bombarded with so many questions, you know, at the end of the day, when this is all done, are you ever going to be afraid of any question? No, you're in such a position of strength because you've gone through all of this. So we know that this might feel a little bit daunting again, and we're going to rip through these pretty quick. But the point is here is that you're being exposed to something, even though you hadn't learned it. You just go with your gut feeling. What's, what's your, what's your aura telling you? And let's start with. Okay. So the reason that we're doing this is this is a bonus quiz on layered on top of episode one. Reason being, if you're very new to this, there's certain aspects of this that we have to shed some light on before we can move into other aspects of the game. And even for those who are advanced among us, you are going to learn a lot, we promise you, because the whole goal of this is for us to be able to layer this for all levels, all genres of men and women which is beautiful. So this is going to be to prepare you for future episodes. So here we go. Question number one, why is it important to learn the legal system? Quite the, um, are we, is it able to be put up here, Jessica? I'm just I'm recording. The, I'm just recording the answers in case I lose it. Something, there was a glitch here. So bear with me for half a moment. Okay. All right, so the question was, why is it important to learn the legal system? A, to become wise like the serpent. B, to become a, as, 
smarter than the lawyers. C, to learn how to speak the legal language. D, to take the bankers to court. It was E, A, B, and C, or F, all of the above. And the correct answer was E, A, B, and C, which was to become as wise as a serpent, to become smarter than the lawyers, and to learn how to speak the legal language, but not take the bankers to court. At the end of the day, what our objective here is, we're going to replace the bankers. We don't need them. They're a third party in the middle. They act as brokers. When we start dealing with our birthright directly and we start dealing with treasury directly through our trust, guess what we don't need anymore? The banks as we know it. So we're not interested in taking them to the court. We're just going to go right around them altogether and improve the system as we know it. But again, you'll notice, you know, to become as wise as a serpent. Yes, that's part of this. Uh, to become smarter than the lawyers. Well, it's going to be tough to become smarter than the ones who are continually being the deceivers. So that was just kind of a, a carrot. But you know, it is, it is kind of, um, it, uh, it is settling. If a lawyer calls you or if an agent of a bank calls you and they're chasing you for collection purposes, it's nice having a little bit of knowledge and wisdom. So we're not really going to be smarter than the lawyers, but you know what? At least we're going to be able to hold our own space and repel any attacks. And also see to learn how to speak the, lang the legal language. When I first met this one, he spoke something I call red which is just a language that is English, but I didn't know it. Half of what he said, I didn't even know what he was saying. So I realized not too long ago that I need to take his words and we need to smash them up into something called crayon, applesauce, so that they start to make sense. The words get lighter. It's about going into Satan's world, grabbing his words and bringing them up so that we can still speak to them, but not, we can say the word, but we can speak in a higher language and a higher vibration to what we're talking about. And that's where the ultimate power is. Again, we don't need to fight with the bankers. Let's just roll in with more power and replace them with something better. Question number two, who is maintaining the game? A, the, the, Le the Levitical priesthood. B, her majesty or the crown. C, Satan or D, A and B, which is the Levitical priesthood and her majesty in the crown. So actually, family, we're going to get you to put your answers in the chat. Forgive me for this. This is going to engage you. So let's see in the chat what you put. Who is maintaining the game? Is it the A, the Levitical priesthood? Is it the crown? Is it Satan? Or is it the Levitical priesthood and her majesty and the crown? Let's see you. We got D's, C's, B's, D, D. We got C's. Good job, okay, yeah. so it seems to be between Her Majesty and Her Majesty and the, the Levitical Priesthood. Now, this is a new one, but if you answered D, you are correct. And here's why. The Levitical priesthood, we're talking about the third book out of the Bible, Leviticus. If one goes and puts some eyeballs into that book, you're going to see that, okay, they had the priests in those days. They managed everything. It was the priests who controlled and maintained everything that was going on. The kings and queens were coming and going, but it was those priests that 
make this game stay afloat. So, who are the Levitical priests in today's day? Well, technically, it's not your priest in church that you go see every Sunday. That's not the ministers and priests that we're talking about. We're talking about ministers like the one of finance, the one of justice, the one of education, transportation, health science, all that stuff. Those are the ministers you want to be dealing with in these days. And in the game. And in the, in, in the game. So the, the, the Levites, the, the Levitical priesthood, they're kind of hiding within Her Majesty the crown structure. All we see is the crown. We don't know the Levites are back inside there hiding. So technically, at the end of the day, it's going to be both the Levitical priesthood and Her Majesty the crown. They're one big team working in the background. So Her Majesty oversees, because someone has to, loved ones. There's a game in place. Someone has to. Everybody works for the crown or the Vatican, one of the two. That's how this all has been rolled out over the last few hundred years. Known as agents of the government. So through this process, again, we're just going to step back and say, hey, I am not the one meant to manage all this stuff. There's lots of very qualified people in position to do that for me. My job is to go and enjoy life and the fruits of it. Let the trustees manage everything. And so Her Majesty, she did. She swore an oath, an oath to God, and she promised to uphold the laws. And she can't be seen as acting in dishonor, or the system would collapse. So there's a few parties at play here. But that's going to take us into question number three. What event or events enter or entered your person, or all caps, into the name, sorry, into the game, my apologies, what event or events entered your person or your all caps name into the game? Was it A, the registration of your birth, B, the birth certificate, C, the application of your SIN or your social citizen number, D, when you applied for your first job, or E, A, B, and C, which is the registration of your birth, the birth certificate, and the application of your SIN number. Answers in the chat. We got a lot of E's. We got some C's. We have Natalie saying the Vatican. Sorry, sister, that's not in the answers. It's a part of it, though. True. We're trying to capture, though, the essence of it. We have a lot, some E's coming in. Oh, thank you, Natalie, for clarifying. <laughs> that was for the previous question. Good. We're on the same page. We have some C's, the application for your SIN number. All right, family, the correct answer is C, the application of your SIN number or your social citizen number. Now, again, loved ones, it doesn't matter if you made that application when you were of the age to go in the workforce and work, or if mom and dad made it for you when you were a baby. It doesn't matter. That's when it attaches. And then when you go forward, land that first beautiful job and make that first tax return when you file for taxes. That's when it really starts to 
take effect, attach, and now you're bound to be liable for the rest of your life. So the registration of your birth was when the character or the all caps was created. The birth certificate is evidence or proof, tangible, that the event happened. It wasn't until you applied for the SIN number that you officially entered the game, that it was official. That's when you volunteered and you became possessed of the character, the all caps, the person, whether you were brand spanking new or if you were 16 getting a job for the first time, it doesn't matter. The system just speeded it up because there was no one that had a problem with it. So instead of applying for a SIN number with your first job, we might as well just do it right here in the hospital. Any objections? So with that, that's when you entered the game, you volunteered, and that's when you chose to break four of the Ten Commandments. Genesis 23, 4, verses 5 and 7. Darren. So when we break, when we break the commandment by putting another God in front of the main one, boom, not good. Then we go along, we make a graven image. The graven image is when you take that birth certificate and you apply for all those other identifications. That's where this graven image is coming from. And you should not bow down yourself to serve any of those other gods. Well, clearly we're doing that when we're paying taxes. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his or his name in vain. So that means we're not supposed to take our God-given name, attach a surname to it, and then go play in the legal world. That's taking our Father's name in vain. Question number four. You volunteered to be a surety to the person or the all-caps name. True or false? Okay, if you answered true, yes, you did. And we had a question about this earlier because a surety means that you volunteer to be in the debtor or the trustee or in the liable position. When you identified as the all caps or as the person, the trap closed. And your life's energy now serves the game. It's the tubes that come out of you. And you have to pay for that sin, loved ones. And you pay on many levels. So you volunteered to be a surety because we volunteered to be a part of the game. And we volunteered for the social insurance number. We all knew we were going to come here and be a part of this same time we are possessed of this so question number five what best defines a person heads up this is a tricky one a a man or a woman b the all caps name c a human d b and c which is the all caps name and a human or e all of the above let's see your answers 
And it's easy to identify if you go hashtag number five. So it's hashtag five and then put false or true. And then we know what question you are putting your comments to, please. Okay, so we got some D's coming in, which is the all caps name and the human. We have all the above. We got some D's. It's the all caps name. Okay, family, what best describes a person? If you put E, all of the above, you are correct. It is the man and the woman. It is the all caps name. And it is the human. Why? Well, we know that from our mistake, an abomination is created. But who made the mistake? A man or a woman can be a person. Yes, because it takes a man or a woman to volunteer into that position. So clearly, a man or a woman can be mixed into this problem. So yes, technically, at the end of the day, it's going to be all of the above. And you know what? Again, here, this is according to uh, federal tax rules here in Canada. A trust can also be a person. Interesting enough. But that's for another day. <laughs> that was just an actual little tidbit there. So to create a person, loved ones, a man or a woman has to breathe life into that entity. It's also the all caps because it's the name of the character. It's also the human name, the human registered in the system. And when you act human, it's not real. And if it's unreal, it's unclean. And unclean doesn't get into the garden. And when you start looking up some definitions here, loved ones, as far as what a person means, it's called a human a character or a part playing, a, playing in a play. A human is acting. So let's go into this a little bit more. It's going to take us into question number six. West, what best defines a human? A, a man or a woman. B, the all caps name. C, a person. D, a monster. E, B, C, and D, which is the all caps name, a person and a monster. Or F, all of the above. Okay, so what best defines a human? If you answered F, you are correct. Again, playing on a little bit of trickery here. A man or a woman is part of a human because it takes us to make that wrong mistake. So again, we're kind of piggybacking on the question before this, where we just spin it a little bit different, but you can see how it kind of changes the way we're thinking about things. But no, really, it's all of the above. A human starts with a man or a woman. It's when the man or a woman makes a poor choice. So clearly, again, just like in the question above, they're involved. And you might have noticed the option of D, a monster, which some of you... <laughs> Why are we talking of monsters right now? Well, again, if you start doing a little research, you're going to find out that a human does mean a monster, something unnatural, abnormal. That doesn't sound good. Question number seven, 
Anyone who identifies as the all caps name is seen in the eyes of the law as a corporation. True or false? Very good, family. We have a lot of you who are dialed in clearly because correct, true. If anyone identifies as an all caps name, you are a corporation. The all caps name is the game piece, loved ones. It is the all caps letter moving around the game for you. And to play the game, the all caps name had to be registered. So anytime you're identifying as this all caps name, it's for purposes of registration. When are you not identifying as it, not for purposes of registration? Of course, usually it's when there's a debt involved or something needs to be paid or there's liability or there's insurance or there's bills to be paid. Sickness and that, suffering. That, 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 that. See, these are all registered events. When you get a bill in the mail, that's a registered event. It's all for taxation purposes. And if you look up the definition of corporation in the Oxford Dictionary, it says it's a legal person. So now we're starting to put some things together. The corporations can be legal persons. Question number eight, why can the government take away your human rights? You're going to start seeing why we're asking these questions. A, the government gave them to you. B, you asked the government to take them away. C, the government can't do that. I have my human rights, or I always have my human rights. Or D, I didn't have, I didn't know they took them away. Or there is the option of E, A and B, which is the government gave them to you, and you asked the government to take them away. Take your time with this one. It's a little tricky. This one's going to bring a lot of clarity to some family. And we can see just by from the answers alone that are all over the place. There's some teachings and wisdom to be had on this question. Why can the government take away your human rights? The answer is E. A and B, the government gave them to you and you asked the government to take them away. By taking them away, every time you make an application for a license or you agree to another contract, you're literally telling them, hey, if I don't perform exactly the way I'm supposed to, I allow you to take them away. <laughs> it's not a very good situation for us overall. So, you know, the government can do that because the government's the one that gave them to you because you made an application. You asked the government to do this for you. So again, this is where we got to get, get our minds wrapped around what's going on here because if we continue on this path as human beings, we're all, you know, we're all heading for a lake that's burning. You asked, they gave. And because we asked for a legal fictional character, they gave us back a corporation. Now, here's a question. What are the rights of a corporation? What are the rights of something that isn't real? 
something that's dead. That's an abomination before father. What are the rights of an unclean, filthy thing? This is why the government can take your house. They can take your possessions. They can take your children. Anything. Why can they take your children? Any property that's registered or any interest in property that's registered, they control. Why do they control? Because you have possession. We'll get in that a little bit later. But again, this is all going to boil down to possession or control. Where are you? And so you are the all caps name. You are the corporation. You are controlled by the government. Only because we volunteered to, be, to, you know, to do it like this, which is the beautiful answer here at the end of the day, because the moment we stop volunteering is the moment all of this changes. And yes, you volunteer, but here's the other thing. You're also in possession of the government character, the legal fiction, the person. If you have any identification from the government, you are possessed. And again, don't feel bad, though, because we all do. We all went through it. This, this was normal behavior. This was normal social public behavior. Mm -hmm. And the system feeds off of punishing the sinners that are in the game. Why? Because we're all sinners. Now, I know some of us, this is new. But we have to, again, understand there's a game. This is what's going on. This is what I am right now. And now, what do I do with that? And we're getting to it. Now, question number nine. What best defines the pledge of surety-ship to the person? A, I promise to serve a new master other than father and willingly cut myself off from my birthright and inheritance. B, I promise to serve a new master other than father and wish to pay for all of the liability and debt of the all caps name or person. C, your voluntary application for a social insurance number or a social citizen number or D, all of the above. Oh, look at that, look at that. D, 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 yes. D, all of the above. When you pledge to be the person, you pledged your allegiance, your worship to another God. You cut yourself off from Father. You chose to volunteer to step into character as a person. And by doing that, you waive your birthright. You waive your inheritance right there. That's why this, at the end of the day, loved ones, is so important. We want to get back into the garden. Well, the first thing we got to do is take our birthright back. And you chose to pay and to volunteer when you agreed to be the game piece. We're the game piece moving around or something that we're not supposed to be. And you applied for the position when you wanted to play the game. That's where the sin number comes in. Question number 10, what is a grantee? For anyone new to this, I know this might be the first time you've even heard this word, but you're going to learn something today. Is it A, someone who is in possession of something or some things? B, someone who is able to give something? C, it's one of the positions needed to create a trust? D, someone who delivers something? E, A, B, and C, which is in possession, able to give in one of the positions of a trust, or F, all of the above.
Okay. If you answered E, A, B, and C, you are correct. It is someone who is in possession, able to give something. And one position needs to create a trust. So they're able to give something. You got all the pieces. You got everything you need to move forward. Now it's a matter of, okay, what do I do to move forward? Wow, what's my next move? Oh, that's what all this equity teaching is all for. We're going to show everybody here. And we have some previous recordings about the grantee grantor dance. If you want to learn a little bit more and get some clarity on that, because it is one of the positions needed to create a trust. It's, it's, this is one of the most confusing parts of what we're trying to do here. So again, feel, feel um, relief or feel uh, as soon as you get your head wrapped around this component, you will be making tremendous progress here because again, once you have this knowledge and you can move that little piece around in the game or get the trust to do it for you, you're going to have incredible success and your life will change. So it's a position needed within a trust, but it's not someone who delivers something. You can only play one position at a time. You either have something or you're delivering something. That's the two positions. You're either in a position to give something or you are in the position of delivering something. Which takes us into question number 11. What is a grantor? A, someone who is in position to deliver something or some things. B, someone who is in possession of something or some things. C, someone who delivers something. D, someone who is able to give something. E, A, B, and C, which is in position position, who's in possession, and who is delivering, or F, all of the above. All right, we don't have too many getting this one right but a big shout out to our brother liam yeah if you answered e a b and c you are correct it is someone who is in position to deliver something it is someone who is in possession of something because they have to be in possession of it to deliver it tricky question and it's someone who delivers something but it's not someone who's able to give something. That's, again, another position. Also known as, starts with a G, put it in the chat. If you're not grantor, you're what? Yes. Grantee. Very good, loved ones. And last and final question, number 12. Your position within the game right now is on the light team. True or false. Oh, well, don't we have a mixed bag on this one? So this one is very dependent on where you are based on your knowledge and wisdom. Because if you've done stuff, okay, well, that's going to change your former position. So for any loved ones that have 
gone through, say, like an adverse claim process and they've done some stuff to their birth certificate and they've tried to dispossess themselves of that legal security interest, they, in our minds, would be on the team light side. But if you haven't done anything, ah, yes, unfortunately, you're on the dark side. The answer is false, family. So, yeah, the answer to this one is false. Right now, we're all on the dark team. If you're in possession of the person, the all caps, no matter how much your heart wants to be on the light team, you're on the dark team. Again, it doesn't matter how often you go to church, how hard you pray. You have a cloud. You have dirty hands. You're a sinner. You're a legal fiction or monster. You've made yourself into an idol. You're serving Satan. I know you don't want to hear it. But that's your position in the game. But the fact that you're here wanting to change that means everything. Good thing in equity, intent is everything. Thank goodness for that. Okay, loved ones. We did a bonus crash course to be able to layer these teachings. We have been doing this for two and a half hours. So we want, we only want to do these in one hour increments, but we did this a little bit longer this time because we had to layer a little bit more. We had to catch some people up who this is brand new to and break down some definitions and give some clarity to some trust issues. And even though this may be pretty fresh, if you've got virgin ears, you've never heard a lot of this before, that is you're actually ahead of the game. Because you don't have to deal with a whole bunch of pre-programming that guys like myself and other veterans that have put themselves through for years, we don't, you don't have to undo all that. Because believe it or not, when you spend 10 years reading something, you kind of get stuck on it. You literally develop tunnel vision, and it becomes very hard to accept any other truths or any other wisdoms. So if you're new, you're in a better position than you think. Hold on. This is going to get easier. So next episode is who's on the dark team and who's on the light team. And we're going to break down the dark team as far as all of the different layers of government so that when we talk about remedy, you understand the different positions and who you're sending your remedy to and why. Okay, loved ones, we love you. We will see you next time. Peace, everybody. Enjoy life.